build. And this is part three of the What is the Gospel series that we're doing here in these little video uh, times. Um, today we're going to talk about um, the real core of the gospel message because all the gospel message really has one cornerstone and it's basically that Jesus is the Christ and that's really at the end of the day that's what the apostles taught the problem is is that today we don't have a context for that and so it's very different than first century you know uh, Judaism or Jerusalem when uh, like in Acts 17 I was looking at earlier, and you have, it says, Acts 17, verses 2 and 3, it says, And according to Paul's custom, he went to them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. Okay, so this is his custom. He would go into the synagogue, obviously Jewish, and, and explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer, so the Messiah, who they already knew who that meant, and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus who I am proclaiming to you is the Christ, or the Messiah. And the point that we miss in the simplicity of Paul's message is that it's not that who cares about the details. Let's just say, you know, a simple message about Jesus. It's that that word, the Christ, had a whole lot of meanings to it that we don't understand. And absolutely, the word is simple. The message of the gospel is simple. But the message of the gospel has to do with Jesus is the Christ. And so we're going to spend a, a couple more sessions here just talking about what does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus is the Christ? And you know, I was teaching a class recently, and, and one of the things that stood out to me is I was making notes for the class as I... I realized that there really are a good percentage of believers in America that either really believe that Christ is Jesus' last name or practically and functionally they believe that Christ was just Jesus' surname, that his name was Jesus Christ. Like, my name is Bill Schofield, he's Jesus Christ. And uh, it really betrays the fact that the the gospel has uh, has devolved quite a bit. but So you have Acts here, say, uh, or Paul saying that in Acts 17, but look, right after Paul gets saved in Acts 9, I really like this passage. It says, uh, now for several days in verse uh, 19 of Acts chapter 9, it says, now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is the Son of God. And we'll talk about that later, what that means. But verse 22, But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ, or Jesus is the Messiah. And so we really, in our context today, this is a, this is a very tough issue for us because... Um, the, the primary problem and the reason for these videos, really, and, uh, and, and why I really feel the need to do it is because we don't know what the, the Christ was or is. And, 
and the, some people would refer to that as the messianic expectation because that just meant Messiah. Christ means Messiah. And so what was he expected to do? What did it mean that Jesus was the Christ? And um, while what's interesting is that most Bible scholars um, almost across the board acknowledge what the Christ was expected to be, what goes on to then kind of be said, usually it's kind of sneaky, but somehow what they expected is not what they got. And so Jesus actually came to be a different thing than they were expecting. And, uh, you know, John, uh, the Apostle John, he lived in Ephesus towards the, uh, towards the end of his life. He's the, according to church history, church tradition, he's the only apostle that died of old age of the twelve and who didn't actually, uh, wasn't actually martyred um, during the, the time of the various uh, uh, oppression times in the church against the church but uh, so John writes 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John uh, really in the context of living in this really Gentile situation and encountering a great deal of Gnosticism which was an early heresy that was springing up in the church and uh, and so he was in the midst of it and so um, plus he had often received reports from you know what was happening elsewhere in the Roman world and well there were a lot of Judaizers in Jerusalem primarily and even some scattered throughout the various Jewish communities in the Roman world the primary heresy um, as far as uh, on a universal level universal scope during their day was a Gentile heresy called Gnosticism and Gnosticism really rejected the um, the idea that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah because it was they were really anchored in um, kind of what we talked about before in that platonic idea of they did not believe the earth was good and they did not believe creation was good and so they kind of came up with a perversion of the gospel while they could still say they're following Jesus but it was fully rooted in uh, in very very ungodly teachings but John, addressing that very issue of Gnosticism, says this in 1 John 2.22, And who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Now that is intense, because a lot of times we think of the Antichrist as the world ruler at the end of the age, which that there is a... a you know, a time when he's referred to as that, but primarily when John uses this term Antichrist, and he's really the one that uses that, he's talking about a a spirit uh, um, that really was infiltrating the church, and one of the core messages and ideas behind that was that Jesus was not the Christ. It didn't mean they didn't believe and follow. They weren't trying to say that they were followers of Jesus. They were just saying he was not the Jewish Messiah. He's a different Jesus. And uh, there's lots of different versions of how that took shape. But So what I want to um, leave you with today is the fact that um, what the Jews expected is what Jesus told them they would have. I had a, um, I had a brother-in-law who uh, was looking for a particular vehicle 
and um, looked all over the area where we're at and uh, couldn't couldn't find what he was looking for. Ended up looking up to eight hours away at a, at a bigger city, and um, and finally found something on the internet and called the dealer. And he said, hey, I'm looking for something. It sounds like exactly what you have. And the dealer said, oh, let me tell you more about it. And the dealer told him it's this and it's that and it's got this and it's got that. And he said, that's exactly what I'm looking for and the right price. And he bought a plane ticket and flew down the next day to buy it. But when he got down there, found out that the dealer was not honest. And so he bought a plane ticket, went down there, didn't have a way back without this car. And it was a bait-and-switch deal because he told him one thing, and then he went down there and found out some of the details were not right. And so it was switched at the last minute. Now, if that happened to you, you would feel so deceived. And, and, and really, Gnosticism really is a teaching that God is like that dealer, that he promised one thing to the Jews and let them understand it. Because he spoke it with such clarity. He didn't speak it in a mystical sense to them. And then all of a sudden when it came, the reason they didn't understand is because he decided to do a bait and switch. And when they didn't want the new version of the promise, then he rejected them. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Now there were a lot of things that they didn't understand when Jesus came. But if we're going to continue on and grow in understanding the gospel. This has to be central. Central. Is that what God promised. He will do. He will not change the words of his mouth. He says in Psalms 89. He says I will give to David. That seed that I promised him. Sitting on his throne in Jerusalem. I will not alter the words of my mouth. It will be just like I said. And. And one of the things that's really a challenge for us is to really hear the gospel in, in the same sense that it was preached in the early church, simply because we're accustomed to thinking of the gospel as something totally non-Jewish. And Jesus was a Jewish Messiah, and there were parts of his first coming that were not expected, no question. But that does not negate the fact that God is faithful to his word and God does not do a bait and switch and change his promises. So next week we're going to talk in, uh, in more detail and kind of work through exactly what did the Jews expect the Messiah to be and who did Jesus claim to be because that's really who he claimed to be. He claimed that he was the Jewish Messiah. And as the gospel went forth from all the apostles, what they learned from Jesus was he was the Jewish Messiah. Otherwise, there's no other reason to use the word Christ, which is a Greek translation of Messiah. So as the gospel went forth, the cornerstone of the message is Jesus is the Christ. So next week, God willing, we're going to do another video and we're going to go into detail about what does it mean that Jesus is the Christ. All right, blessings to you. I, I hope this is an encouragement to you. It is... Uh, it's encouraging to me to make them and some of the comments you guys have made and uh, just some of you who know me here and talk to me here in town or some of you that made comments on the site. It's, it's encouraging to me. I'm glad, to, glad that it's in a, uh, an encouragement to you guys. Blessings to you and uh, continue to strengthen yourselves in the word and in the hope 
of the gospel as we continue to grow in it, I encourage you go to the word and dive in even deeper and uh, let the Holy Spirit really make it come alive in your own hearts, not just taking my word for it. Blessings to you. Mm -hmm.